0: Well, thank you, viewers, for tuning in to Uncommon Women. I'm Shanira And I'm Jenny Lee. And before we actually get started on today's topic, uh, we have our guest, uh, Dr. St. John. She's going to be speaking on sex education today, um, educating the parents, you know, with the talk with our children. Um, but before we get into that, we just want to let you know who we are and what we actually do. So we're an uplifting podcast. Um, we focus on two things. Uh, we have people that come on and share their trials and tribulations. And then we also have guests uh, come on and educate us in regards to um, a specific topic. Uh, so today we're actually going to be speaking on sex education. Um, and we have Dr. St. John um, here today that's going to assist us with that. So thank you so much for tuning in today <laughs> uh, to tell you a little bit about um, Dr. St. Um She's known as a Mama Sutra, a board-certified sexologist with American College of Sexologists and a former professor of human sexuality at City College of San Francisco. Um, She's an author of Read Me, a a parental primer for The Talk. She does have that handy, so make sure you guys check that out. Um, And she's named multiple years in the top 100 sex blogging Superheroes by (laughs) kinky.com. So before we actually go in today's topic, um, Dr. St. John, is there anything that you would like us to know about yourself?
1: Let's see. Um, So I am, I'm a mother of two. I have two daughters. They're 16 and 18 years old. Um, I was married for, I was with my husband for 20 years and got divorced. And, uh, Went through adulthood a second time around, dating. <laughs> so that was interesting. And that was sort of at the same time as when I went back to study sexuality. Okay. So, uh, yeah, you can imagine after a while I didn't tell people that I was a sex educator <laughs> dating profile.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like that. that was a mistake. <laughs> so, um, but actually the, the partner that I have now, we've okay. been together seven years. And, um, yeah, I, I, when we first met our first date, I just said I was an educator, right? Which sounds okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I just said I was an educator and he didn't say anything. Right. It was like, oh, okay. And then I think it was like our third or fourth date. I took him with me to a book signing of a colleague's book. And it was okay. a sex book. <laughs> and, and so, His reaction <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so he's German. He's from he grew up in East Germany uh in Berlin and Germans are very different about sex. And this this kind of ties into kind of my story of why I got into
2: mm-hmm.
1: learning about sex and and specifically focusing on the parenting aspect, but his response was was actually one of the things that made him extra appealing to me because every other person I'd met who was, you know, more of an American descent, was like, you know, <laughs> kind <Right>. of smarmy. <laughs> and his response was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, which was super, like, reassuring to me that he wasn't going to be weird or creepy or I'm whatever. It was going to be a, you know, it's just, oh, okay. But, um, but yeah, so he's, he's German and his response was just, okay. So, yeah so we're still together So <laughs> he's been very
0: supportive,
2: okay. very
1: supportive yeah. <laughs> he's, he's been very supportive of the work that i do and, and uh has been lots of fun to to explore with as well Because mm-hmm, <laughs> germans germans don't have a lot of hang-ups i mean as a general rule i don't think i've met a german who's had a lot of hang-ups <laughs> about about sex they're just they're very open it's mm-hmm. how the culture is around sexuality and about the body. Um, I um, I've gone to Germany a few times okay. you know I live there as well and that was part of where um, I discovered that I wanted to teach about eh, I actually wasn't where I wanted to teach about sex but I got to see how the German culture was very different around sexuality because I had two toddlers um, I lived there for five years with my ex-husband uh, when we were still married and had yeah, in in Germany little kids run around during the summer in the fountains in the local public parks completely naked and what? no one reacts. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a remarkable thing really because it's your body. The, it's your body. And there's these little cherub bodies are not sexual, right? Like they're not,
0: they're not curious at that age yet.
1: What a what do, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's mostly the reactions of the adults, right? Like, um, I would take my kids to the public pool and the little toddler pool at the public pool in Germany, kids were running around naked and no one said anything. No one, you know, like put some clothes on your kid or anything like that. It was just very, you know, they're kids. Right. Very, very open about their bodies. Um, And it was that first summer back that I moved back to the States that I realized, you know, I took my kids to the pool. That first summer we moved back, they were three and five and I taught them how to change into their swimsuit at a private pool, like a semi-private pool while they were wrapped in a towel and the same bodies like the few months before could be totally naked and no one was going to care. And so I noticed that there was a big difference, <laughs> you know, my natural reaction to being in the States, living and growing up in the States and then bringing my children back. I knew that I needed to dress them in a, you know, wrap them up in a towel. They couldn't be naked in public. So, right. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Cause that's not our norm here. No, that's not, <laughs>
1: not, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's a, it was a really interesting thing. And so that was, um, around that time, um, I went back, I started to go back to school to study human sexuality. Um, I went to a, a small school, small private school. It doesn't exist anymore, sadly. Um, But it was called the Institute for Advanced Study of Human Sexuality. And, you know, it's um, it was a very non-traditional school, um, but it was really very, very groundbreaking, very eye opening. And lots of, you know, wonderful educators and, and writers around the topic of sexuality graduated from that school. So so that was my that was where I went. That's
0: awesome. So, how did you actually get started in, you know, becoming a a professional sexologist?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, well, at the beginning of it was was going to the institute. Um, okay. My kids were very young; they were in preschool, and I knew I wanted to go back to school. I wanted to do something for myself after you know a few years of being a stay-at-home mom, expat parent in Germany, and. I just Googled graduate program, human sexuality. And I happened upon this tiny school that was based out of San Francisco and San Francisco has a pretty, um, a pretty amazing history around sex. Like it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great place. And going to that school, um, the very first semester really was, um, there was a, a lecture from an educator who I very much respect. Her name is Ivy Chen. And she came in and talked to us about sex and, and like the para, um, like the adult, how am I trying to say child and adolescent sexuality aspect. Okay. And for me, that was like, that is exactly what I want to talk about. That's exactly what I want to learn about. But as a, you know, a board certified sexologist, I know a little bit about everything <laughs> mm-hmm. what people do sexually and how they think and feel about it it's just a piece of the work that I do is is the parenting piece mm-hmm. but the client work that I do is is just with adults and it's really helping adults get comfortable with the topic because I find that if you have trouble talking to your partner about sex you're definitely gonna have problems talking to your kids about sex and so those things you know they, they really go together if you can mm-hmm. get comfortable yeah. And actually on my website, I even say, um, if you can get the sex you want, you'll get the life you want.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it really, a lot of that comes from, if you can get comfortable asking for what you want sexually and, and really just, ex, you know, expressing your boundaries or whatever, like you can right. get comfortable about that. You're going to get comfortable about everything. Like
2: mm-hmm.
1: it just, it just makes everything so much easier if you can take away, either the stigma or the shame or the embarrassment or, you know, any of that negative messaging that we got around sexuality. It's more open. Just, Yes. Yeah. Just be more open. And it's interesting because having raised my kids like this in a, you know, sex positive household, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's been really interesting to see and to witness their decisions around sexuality. Um, I'll give you an example. I've gotten permission. So I'm
0: sure they come to you about everything then. Right?
1: Yeah. That's so, awesome. <laughs> but so when you are open with your kids, it, it sort It, it shifts the relationship, honestly, mm-hmm. because when you're being real with them, they know that you have their best interests at heart. Right. And like, I know from experience when parents lie to you. There's there could be a couple reasons for that, right? They're they want to protect you, right? They want to keep you safe. Um, but lying when kids find out that it's a lie, like
2: You don't trust you as much, right? They don't trust you as much, right?
1: So um, so my kids have they've had me as a sex educator, you know. It's I don't know what how to describe what it's like to be in this house <laughs> because we we talk about like sexual jokes or like anything that sort of comes up and we'll laugh about it Mm -hmm. because sex is funny. The topic is funny. And at the same time, like we don't have the, the fear um, or the shame about it. So laughing about it, we know it can be serious and we can, we can be serious about it, but mostly it's, I mean, it is a funny topic, right? (laughs) Right. right. So, um, so yeah, so the thing I wanted to share my, my daughter a couple years ago, now we were having a conversation. Can't remember how it started, but this was my older daughter. And she said, you know, when I decide that I'm ready to have sex, I'm going to find somebody that I'm totally comfortable with. I want to find somebody that I'm really comfortable with. And I was like, that's really interesting. Why do you, why do you say that? And she said, I get the sense that sex is awkward and I want to find somebody that I'm totally comfortable being awkward with. Mm -hmm. yeah. (sighs) Like 30 something year old me did not. (laughs) Right. Like 20 something year old me.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Like the, the,
1: the thought that kids can put through with this topic, I mean, they can be mature about it if we treat them. and and approach it in a mature way and to be fair though it is so hard when when our parents didn't know how to handle it or we sat through sex ed that was awful or uninformed yeah uncomfortable very uncomfortable yeah yeah so so there's there's like this there are barriers in the way for us and that it's it's tough to get over them But there are sex educators out there like me who, who love to do this. You know, we love to help people break these things down and really look at it and ask questions. So, you know, that, that answer or that, what is it? The sort of her conclusion was really mature, way more mature than even adult me (laughs) would have come up with. And, yeah, it's it really is just like talking to kids, you know, making sure that the topic isn't something that's that's scary. Um, right. And I get it. Right. We want to keep our kids safe. We don't want creepers interacting with them or, you know, targeting them. I think yeah. one of the words is grooming. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Grooming or luring. Right. Um, heaven forbid that happens. Um, but we know that if we give kids the right information to be able to keep themselves safe, right. Yeah, you know, the right that helps body. them. Yeah. yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So one of the things that keeps them safe is, um, giving them the proper names, the parts of the body, right? Like that, that's like a beginning level piece that you can do.
0: Okay.
1: Um, it's, um, yeah. So, so I wrote in the book, I call them the five building blocks to a healthy sexuality. And if anything that people get out of the book is I've, I've taken out the sex part, which is kind of radical for a sex book, (laughs) right? The sex part is what scares us as parents. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole lot of stuff that, Impacts us having a healthy sexuality and I called uh, the five building blocks. I named our communication mm-hmm. consent respect Pleasure and fantasy oh, and those five things don't have anything to do with you know, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> <laughs> but they're a foundation And it it takes out needing to talk about penises and vulvas and all that jazz, but it makes it, it it breaks it down to these little bite-sized pieces, these pieces that you wouldn't necessarily think on, you know, off the top of your head, but they do have an impact on our adult sexuality, on our sex lives as adults.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. That's true.
1: Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, each one of those blocks has, subcategories. of tons of information in each one of those blocks. And yeah, it's, it's been, um, it's what helped me talk to my kids and do it in ways that, and the questions that I ask them are not necessarily about, you know, who does what and what goes where, mm-hmm. but it gets them thinking about what's out there and what they're being fed right
0: that's real good
1: so you know what is sexy right like if i asked my kids when they were really little i think i wrote about that one in the book um and when my littlest she didn't have the words to articulate what sexy was but she did this like 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 (laughs) her lips and like you can Mm -hmm. picture like a a toddler doing this right like a little (laughs) little one she was like she did this like jessica rabbit like (laughs) Mm -hmm. she did these moves and i was like okay well that's sexy you know that's Mm -hmm. that's what's sexy Mm -hmm. and so i was laughing about that with them recently now 16 and 18 and reminding them of of that interaction and we started talking about so what's your definition now
2: right mm-hmm. and it's yeah it is. especially you know from being <laughs> As a child, an adult too
1: yeah. like. <laughs> what is sexy right and so then the question is whose definition of sexy is that right the media is sexy because <laughs> what i find sexy you know like <laughs> Might not be what everyone else thinks I'll is think, sexy, right. You know?
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? And that's totally valid. And I think you know a lot of the messaging around sex is it has to look a certain way or it has to be a that's certain a way. Yeah.
2: yeah, that's a good.
1: And usually, it's very hetero-focused. Um, there's like conventionally beautiful, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: That's how what we're supposed to like. Um, and it doesn't allow for like the variety of beauty that is there. Right. Okay, that right. sounds feels like it's getting a little cheesy, but
0: <laughs> No, but that's that's true. Because yeah. what you might think is sexy is maybe a different perspective perspective for me. They might need even not even be a yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we were so we were laughing about that, that you know, the, the past sexy definition and then like even at this age, both girls were like, whoa, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's deep. You know, like, who is that? Who is it for?
2: Mm
1: -hmm. So, yeah, I I geek out on this stuff. (laughs) No,
0: you're fine. You're fine. You're the expert. So I got a whole bunch of questions. So, (laughs) So what do you feel like is a good age, you know, to start, you know, even trying to have this conversation with your kids?
1: Yeah. So I think about this one, uh, this one can be tough, right? Because when our kids are ready, we might not be ready. Right. (laughs) So one of the ways to kind of prepare yourself, um, if you're fortunate to catch this when your kids are are babies, right? So if there are any new moms out there, um, you can start using the proper names for the parts of the body. When you change diapers, Okay. you, know, you can, you can just name the penis. Oh, I'm going to wipe the urine off the penis, you know, or off your penis. You can just sort of narrate what you're doing, but using the proper names. And the reason for that is it gets less uncomfortable. It gets more comfortable. I should say when you just use the words are right, you know, like on a, usual, normal, daily basis. So then no. when you need to say it later, it's less like vulva. <laughs> Uncomfortable,
0: right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. that makes sense.
1: So, so you know, being able to talk about the parts of the body, so then the kids develop, you know, this, their nose, it's just, it's, it's, it's part of the body, right? And Vulva, yeah. penis, just a part of the body. And there's no shame about that. Um... That's kind of what I was digging at, or or hinting at earlier when I talked about, you know, using the proper parts of the body. Because if heaven forbid, a child is um, a target of unwanted sexual contact, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: they can name the proper part, as opposed to where they touch. Yeah, Yeah.
0: that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it does. So, so yeah, so it, it benefits the child um as far as like specific age um you can let your child lead when they start asking questions is when you start to answer so sometimes um it it varies with age because every child's going to be different um but some kids start to ask when somebody's pregnant
2: Mm-hmm. Right? That's what we're we that's started. Started. <laughs>
1: That <laughs> you know? is so true. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when they see somebody pregnant, they might start asking, but the the thing to know is sometimes they don't necessarily want to know. Like you have to be mindful of their questions, too. Um there's a, a joke. Well, it's not even really a joke, but it was it was sort of a funny incident that happened to, to someone else where the son asked, where did I come from? And mom got really sort of like, oh, boy, this is the moment, and like, went into the whole detail about, like, where babies come from. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the kid's eyes were kind of glazing over, but then when it finished, they said, oh, well, so-and-so came from San Francisco General Hospital. Right? Like, where'd you come from Is a, can be a really <laughs> could have saved a whole you know, right, stressful whole conversation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tell me more what do you why do you ask you know oh well mm-hmm. then so and so was born at the, you know they came from the hospital oh well, okay so that's a very different conversation mm-hmm. <laughs> I go to the hospital so that you can be born <laughs> that's, that it's a <laughs> different conversation so um so yeah it's it's following the kids leads um When they're ready, when they're asking is when they're ready. Um, You may find that kids don't ask, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: right? So then how do you start the conversation? Where's the icebreaker on that? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
1: So an icebreaker on that can be, you know, whatever you want to use. So maybe, I guess it depends on the kid's age too. So, um, you know, let's say, let's say they're 10 and some kid in class has just stumbled on porn. Oh, yeah. Right. That is, so yeah. that'll be, that'll be an interesting conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. Um, but that, that could be another, that could be a point where you start to have a talk about pleasure or, and, and that's actually mentioning that's pleasure. Topic. Can you talk, can we, can we go into that? Yeah. So pleasure and fantasy are two of the blocks that can be tough for parents. But when you break them down, it's like, oh, okay, I get it. So pleasure is, um, pleasure is much more than sexual pleasure, right? If you take a hug, for example, like this is the concept of a hug. When you really need one, it can bring tears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and true. And when you you know when you're really upset a hug can soothe tears yeah right and uh you know there's there's so much I, I i it's it's adults but it's not just american adults but a lot of adults will sexualize touch but just touch is is soothing it's deeper
2: yeah, yeah. right <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: and you know just the, the concept of pleasure. Um, I've sort of been struggling with this one lately too, because the things that we enjoy when we're seven years old or like pre, pre-teen, a lot of those things that we used to do as hobbies or, you know, our special interests, we used to draw, we used to dance. Those are things that are, are really key to self care. Right. And Mm -hmm. now that we're in quarantine, people have been sort of struggling with like, you know, how do I, how do I calm myself down? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Because it's, I mean, it's stressful. It's uncertain. It's, you know, all kinds of stuff going on right now. Right. So being able to know like what gives me pleasure can, you know, it can also be very soothing for myself to be able to self regulate. How what can I do to calm myself down? What do I enjoy doing? So pleasure is is not just sexual pleasure, but helping kids to identify, you know, what do you enjoy? What do you what do you like? What gives you pleasure? It's, it's more than just the sexual pleasure. So and then the fantasy one, I go into a lot of detail in this in both of these in the book. But the fantasy one, I guess the bottom line for this one is um if we're not teaching or talking to kids about the concept of sex and sexuality, we at least have to talk to them and make them... make it clear that what we see out there is someone else's fantasy about sex. Okay. That's going
2: to be hard. Yeah, it is.
1: Right? Like, I mean, it's, it's like... Um, well, I mean, porn is typically made for men by men you know money shot it's like all of it is is fabricated uh to be arousing um and sometimes that's questionable uh, <laughs> but it's it's made and you know you don't learn how to drive by watching fast and the furious videos
2: that's no. true no I don't that's true. <laughs>
1: you shouldn't learn about sex from watching porn. Porn. Cuz it's it's not real. You know? I mean there is some porn out there that's good and that's real. Like there's some educational the stuff that that's sort of like more on the educational side. Yeah. Um and there's a website called make love not porn. TV, which is like a how do i describe that one? It's it's not crowdsourced but it's yeah can't say that it's really like it's basically real people Mm -hmm. submitting their own sort of home video some of it might be you know produced but they're real couples really interacting and they get paid when people watch their videos so it's like what do you
2: uh,
1: what do you call that when you when a person gets paid for their work (laughs) as opposed to like you porn right users. (laughs) (laughs) users. <laughs> <laughs>
2: anyway, like, Sorry. Users
1: <laughs>
2: Listen, we're
0: not educated on that. <laughs> Maybe one of our viewers might know.
2: I
1: don't know. <laughs> yeah, Somebody it in the comments. It's, it's, right. It's, it's, I'm thinking it's, it's not crowdsourced, but it's something like that. Right. Okay. The people who are doing it or are using it are submitting their own work as well. And they, they have followings, right? Like wow. people have, is it the fan, fan bases? Thing? The
0: fan thing? I think I've seen that. Is that
1: something Is that you You Oh, wait, you mean like only fans? No. It's different oh, from no. that. okay. It's, okay. It's, I don't know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I don't
2: know. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well actually, OnlyFans, um, there was a there was a quick uh, a bit of hubbub this week because Bella Thorne went on and made some promises oh, I of something. New... Um, well, she screwed like, over sex movie. workers who were <laughs> saying
0: i seen that. I think she made a million in 24 hours.
1: I thought it was 2 million in two, two days. Oh, okay. yeah, so, but yeah, so she got caught. But what happened was the backlash of that sort of bait and switch that she tried to pull ruined it for people who were using it for money-making purposes. And mm-hmm. you know, the funny thing is all these years of like men and revenge porn and taking women's images and, you know, blackmailing them or whatever, you know, like extorting them, I should say. And whereas now, women in an empowered way can sell their images, and like men are kind of cut out of the <laughs> cut out of the uh, the deal, right? So they're a little bitter about that too. <laughs> but but yeah, seriously, she she screwed over sex workers by or people who who make money, legitimate money, selling their images on the internet. So. So now there's like all kinds of restrictions, and, and we're going off on a little bit of a tangent. But. Yeah, we are.
0: So let's bring it back. We're yeah. going to talk about kids and porn. Back. So how, so you're saying, all right, say a 10-year-old comes home and they're discussing porn. How do, how will we That's start the started. conversation in regards to that?
1: Yeah. Okay. So um, one of the things that I just recently put on my website is a Mad Lib sort of style script. Okay. On how to start the conversation, right? And there are blanks in there that can that you can fill in with whatever, whatever words fit for you. Okay. But it's basically like, okay, I want to sit. I wanted to sit down with you for a while. Okay. But I felt whatever, mm-hmm. and I know it's important for you to know this. Uh, you know, I think it's the number has gotten. I forget what the average, what the number is, but most kids now will have their first exposure to porn at around 10. I think it might even even have dropped to nine, age nine now. What? So, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, so the conversation is like talking to them about how, um, or at least how I did it with my kids, and I talk about it in the book as well, is I laid it out and said, there are things you can't unsee, right? There are going to be if you Google boobs, there are going to be things you can't unsee. Um, Going to you can even use that Fast and the Furious thing because they probably know that know of the Fast and Furious movies. Like you don't learn about how to drive a car by watching those movies. It's supposed to be just entertaining. So the same thing goes with with porn. It's supposed to be entertaining, but for an adult right? Like that, okay. it's certainly not educational. That's um, okay. it may, it may ruin sex for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, if you're watching it at, like, like as an eight or nine year old, like at that age, sex is icky, right?
0: Right. Right.
1: When you're eight or nine years old, like ew, you know, you see right. adults kiss and you're like, oh. mm-hmm. so yeah. So this idea that, um, letting kids see it when they're, when they're really young, it's not, they're not necessarily ready for it. Um, And so, you know, you could even say, uh, if you're curious, please ask me. If I don't know the answer, I will go find it for you. But I guarantee going to the internet and just Googling it, it's, you're not going to find what you're looking for. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Not as a kid, right? Like, leave it to me. I'll... You know tell me i'll research it and i will get back to you and then you have to get back to your kid you can't just like hope they're gonna forget about it i mean they may forget about it but they're also going to learn that you're not somebody they can ask
2: they
0: can talk to right yeah that's real good so okay so that's a good point in regards to how to introduce it to children um How do you feel about sexual behaviors in children? Like, what's normal and what's not normal at a specific age? Yeah. Like, for instance, my son is 12, and, like, he wakes up or he walks around in his boxers, and he's always, you know, hard. So it's like, (laughs) I'm assuming that's normal, but it's like, how do I talk to him about certain things you can't do, you know?
1: Well, so... So just the physiological stuff that's happening, it's, you know, it's pretty, yeah, it's (laughs) (laughs) not, I mean, as much as I'm sure he would hope, there's not much he can do about it, right? When he gets a boner in class, Mm -hmm. Uh, right? So I guess, um, I mean, I think the thing that we, that I wish somebody would have done for me is to have a little more, to have compassion about what's going on right? Yeah. And to be compassionate with each other, because getting a boner in school can be really embarrassing, right? And that's yeah. just something that's naturally happening at that age. But what's also happening is girls can be getting their periods.
2: Periods, Yeah, which,
1: right. You know, the, the embarrassing thing for periods for girls can be if they spot and they don't realize it, right? Yeah. Okay. And Having, like teaching compassion, teaching our kids, regardless of their gender, like maybe you loan your friend or loan. It doesn't even have to be somebody that's your friend, right? You notice that they spotted and you can come up and like give them your jacket or whatever and say, I noticed that you're, you're spotting uh, or your periods coming through. And I'm just giving you my jacket to tie around your waist to hide, you know, to <laughs> so, you, so nobody will notice. Right. Cause they may not um, have noticed, but that's something empathetic or like compassionate or empathetic that any kid at any age could do for somebody else. Right. right. And the same, okay. same thing. Like when a boy gets a boner, regardless of who it is, don't laugh at him. It's traumatic yeah. enough to be, you know, it's embarrassing. Right. Like no. you know, right. just, right.
0: just make them uncomfortable. And embarrassed. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Cause all that does is like, it just perpetuates us being mean to each other around this natural thing that's just happening to our bodies, what we have no control over and that sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: yeah, that's
1: good. So yeah, in terms of like sexual behaviors, um, I mean, not talking to kids. I, I think most people think that if you talk to your kids about sex, they're going to go out and do it. But the research does, does not support that not oh. talking to your kids Usually, has kids go out and try to figure it out for themselves.
0: Okay.
1: And so, um, like the sexual exploration kinds of things, sometimes if it's hap- if it happens, um, usually they're around the same age, um, and it's usually there's no penetration, there's no um, it's just sort of like like playing doctor, like I'm curious about what you have or how you're you may be different from me, exactly. right? So it's 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 more curiosity than than sexual. Okay. Um, and so where there's where there can be sometimes a problem is if there's an age difference um or a, a, a difference in mental capacity. Okay. Um and typically kids who have comprehensive sex ed uh when they do start becoming sexual they do that typically with people of their own age okay and typically they use protection um so they're 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 doing it in an in informed way and usually that age is is on the older end okay um like kids who have gone through comprehensive sex ed have been Taught to think through the values that they have around sex, okay. um, the consequences of sex, right? Mm-hmm. Like they they learn it as opposed to just being told, "Oh, don't have sex, you're going to get pregnant," right? Like
2: yeah, that's that's always the yeah term. yeah, that yeah to helpful. me.
0: Right? <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> not helpful
1: at
2: all. Yeah, that's
1: So yeah, so making sure they have good sex ed helps them make like my daughter like. Like they think it, they think about it and they consider like, is this for me? Is this really what I want? Yeah. And my goal, my wish, my greatest wish for my kids is that they, when they're ready, find that they, they get to do what they want with whom they want in a conscious way. Like I don't want alcohol or drugs. Cause that, that'll, that's a whole other battle. Cool right yeah and i've known adults who couldn't have sex without being altered either on drugs or alcohol Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that i feel like that tends to be like it becomes our pattern right we get high we go have sex we get drunk we go have sex and then we like don't have to think about the consequences of why we're doing what we're doing yeah So, yeah, so, you know, the conversations I had with my kids about sex, I also had conversations with them about drugs and alcohol. And, I I mean, the stuff that we talk about is, like, uh, my mom didn't talk to me about (laughs) about this. Yeah, right. But how I think about it is, if you can take your emotion out of it, like, just remove your own, like... (gasps) I'm not perfect at this. Like I, I have my own <laughs> with my daughter being 18. Now you can imagine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I know. I'm a 19 year old boy. So, you know, but like, if I can like take my emotion out of it and just address whatever the question is or the concern is in an informed and calm patient way, yeah. like we connect yeah. on a, on a different level. Because mm-hmm. she she trusts me,
0: right? Yeah.
1: And ultimately, I just want to. I just want to be a good source of information so she can make. She's gonna do whatever she's gonna do, right? Like yep. eventually, mm-hmm. we can't control them, right? As much as we'd want to. know yep. we just have to be comfortable Educate with. Right? <laughs> no, <laughs> that's it. We just have to make sure they've got the right knowledge so they can make good decisions because they're going to be on their own at some point.
2: Yeah. You're sure.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, going back to what is, a, what is an appropriate age, I mean, these lessons that I talk about in the book are really all through their their elementary school, middle school, high school ages, because talking to a kid about consent when they're two benefits them when they're 12 and they're starting to get into, really like...
0: yeah
1: Right. Right? Okay. And it's definitely helpful when they're 22. Okay.
0: That's yeah. real good. Do you want to ask one of your questions? Uh, yes.
2: What would happen to a child if sex isn't spoken to them? Like, what would happen? Like, well, obviously, we have experience. <laughs> I
1: was going to say, I have experience. Yeah. yeah. So, um so there's there's a few ways it could go right because not every kid who doesn't get sex ed is going to do this Mm -hmm. but um they may okay so i'll tell a personal story so when i was growing up i was told men only want one thing but nobody talked about what the one thing was
0: interesting Mm.
1: so here i was growing up thinking Men only want one thing. what is it they want? I don't know, right And I I should ask my mom this because I don't remember going through sex ed in high school. I'm pretty sure she kept me home. <laughs> I got the I got the sixth grade period talk. Uh-huh okay, okay and I don't remember anything after that and I went to public public school. I grew up in Iowa. I don't remember them being like particularly
0: she probably
1: signed I mean, the paper was, for her not to have to talk. Yeah, yeah. So nobody talked to me. Um, I I was a good girl. Um, I didn't I didn't do anything with anybody. Like kissed, I think, like one of those Sadie Hawkins type dances where like the girl <laughs> had to ask the guy. Um, right. I was a, I was a total dork. Right. Like, <laughs> um, and I just I. You know, my parents sort of, like, fed me the, you're too busy to date, and I thought, oh, I'm too busy to date, right? Okay, I'm too busy. And I was active in a lot of activities, I, you know, things in school. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I went to college, and I went away for college, and, like, I got to see how other people were interacting and, like, making different choices and, and. You know, I started drinking with all the college kids, and I made some really bad decisions. Um, My, yeah, I mean, you can read about it in the book, (laughs) or you can read about it on my website. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I made a series of not-so-great decisions as a result of not having good sex ed. Um, When I was, I think I was either a junior in college, or might have been sophomore year. I don't remember which year it was, but I took human sexuality and I was like, just my mind was blown because <laughs> right. no one talked about, you know, and it was this, um, for me, it was a, even though no one talked to me about it, I was so comfortable talking to other people about it and people would ask me sex questions and I would answer them because now I had this class behind me. And so I kind of knew some stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but um but yeah like somehow you know the world being or whatever like past lives whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. somehow this topic for me was like super easy and it just it when people started to talk to me and explain things to me like it made so much sense and so I think I think we harm kids when we don't tell them the truth. We we put them in harm's way. We okay. make it potential. We put the potential in place for kids to be harmed because we don't talk to them. Okay. I think if we gave them information that was good information and, and trusted that they were going to make good decisions, you know, I mean, we, we it all comes down to trust. We have to be able to trust right. that our you know, that our kids are going to do what's best for them, Mm -hmm. but also making sure to talk about values and the consequences and, and the real stuff, um, is super important. And it it shouldn't, it shouldn't be ignored because even, even just the talking about sex part, like you kind of don't really have to talk about sex, but I really think these five building blocks being able to talk about dating, love relationships. Those are the things that are supposed to happen before sex, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like, if you're talking about, okay, so what do people do when they date? Why do they date? What are they looking for?
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, what is it like to be in love? When do you know you're in love? Mm -hmm. Um, the, the relationship part. So what is a healthy relationship? What's an unhealthy relationship? Can you have you seen unhealthy relationship examples in your friends' relationships? You know, have you seen them? Have you seen examples in movies? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause it's all around us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I
1: I think the, the focusing on sex part can sometimes it's coming from a sexologist. It's not great. (laughs) it shouldn't be our only focus. There's a lot of stuff that has to happen before. I mean, we know adults have sex without really thinking through Uh (laughs) stuff, but to help people really develop good decisions, there's, there's stuff that they need to think through and, and they shouldn't just take it as like, oh, Tinder, you know, I just want to, Swipe left. Find somebody to, you know, to screw or Healthy
0: relationships, Mm right. That's
1: good. That's the stuff that, like, if you can't talk about sex, talk about relationships, talk about love, talk about dating.
0: So, healthy relationships Uh, is a good start. Yeah. -hmm. So, like, that's it. That's really good. So, uh, instead of just going right into the birds and the bees with children that's hitting puberty, and we want to know, like, do they have a girlfriend or do they have a boyfriend? We can, we can start off in regards to, like, dating yeah. or how they feel about a relationship and things like that. Okay, I like
1: that. Yeah. I mean, look at, I don't like that the friend zone has been made this terrible thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because if you look at what my daughter said, finding somebody that you're really comfortable with, should not be a bad thing.
0: Right.
1: Like to find somebody that you that you like hanging out with. And to be fair, there's plenty of media of the bad boy, right? Like mm-hmm. that's the one you should go after. Like Yeah. Please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Show me a good bad boy in a relationship, right?
2: Right.
1: I I've been there, right? Mm hmm. I mean what does a bad boy look like in a relationship?
0: Mm-hmm. A healthy relationship. If we focus back on some mm-hmm. healthy relationships. I like I like
1: that. Yeah. yeah take yeah. That one. Yeah. <laughs> So one of the things that's a, a freebie in the book, in the back of the book, there's a, a link to a website or a, a page on my website. You cannot Google for this page because it's hidden, <laughs> except to people who get the book and find this page. But I have a free downloadable list of, Questions that you can talk to your kids about.
2: That's awesome.
1: So it's a, yeah, it's just, it's a guide. And you can find in my blog post, if you go to my website, and then the little magnifying glass up at the menu bar, click and type Mad Lib, because I have that Mad Lib style script. Mm-hmm. So if you want to sit down and talk to your kids and you don't know how to start the conversation, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's set up so that you can fill in your own words or change it however you want. It's just sort of like a guideline, but it shows you. Helps you out, too. Yeah, it doesn't have to be so scary. And again, you don't even have to talk about the parts or the bits, mm-hmm. right? Yeah.
0: I like the basic, the five-point sheet. Yeah, focused so on. I. That's really good. It's really good. Yeah, because
1: it's, I mean, I don't think I talk about what does what or who, you know. hmm I don't talk about that in the book. Um, it. I may talk about the body parts, Mm-hmm. right, using the, the proper names, Um, yeah, and, and you can even acknowledge how funny the names are, you know, <laughs> I mean, my kids know, they can, they know the right parts, but they definitely use the, the silly words too, right, mm-hmm. they understand that there's, they understand the context of being able to say the, the right parts when you're trying to be serious, or they can go to their, yeah. you know, doctor now at 18, and, yeah, and, right, like,
2: yeah,
1: I just hope that I, I gave this kid, these kids, enough information to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And
0: I think that is important, what you were saying, that for them to know the right names, because uh, a lot of sexual abuse does happen. Yeah, molestation. And, and stuff. a lot of, um, I have read into certain things before where uh, someone was getting. I guess a mother had asked a child um, or a teacher, I can't quite remember who it was, and she's like, well, somebody touched my cookie and the th- teacher thought it was a cookie. Mm-hmm. So actually it was, some. she was yeah. getting molested because right. that they, they were giving her, instead of just teaching her the right terms, she mm-hmm. was saying it was a cookie.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah. I, th- I think that is very important that a child should know the right terms. Definitely. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. yeah, a good example of why. That's good. You can go ahead. I said, can sexual abuse lead to sexual issues as a child into adulthood? Yep. <laughs> I mean, short answer, yep. Um and it can be conscious and it can I mean, it can show up unconsciously. Mm-hmm. Um being afraid of the dark? Yeah. Uh, not all, I mean, it doesn't mean that all kids who are afraid of the dark have had something happen to them, right? Yeah. But, um, uh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it can. Yeah. And I, I guess it's, um, it would depend on the, the instance or the, you know, what, what you're talking about.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, uh, it doesn't, it's not always a one-to-one doesn't mean that if you have a sexual hang up that you have, you know, you've had some abuse, Um, but it can, um, it's important to, if it's, um, Oh, actually I can also tell you that even if somebody says something terrible to you and it didn't, it wasn't like a sexual assault or unwanted sexual contact, Mm -hmm. somebody says something to you, it can impact you going forward. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's say your first sexual partner um, makes a comment about your about your vulva and says like makes like oh, little meat curtains. Ugh. That's gonna show up later. Like yeah. you're gonna mm-hmm. you're probably not gonna wanna show a partner yeah. because you're gonna be afraid.
0: And right? about your yeah. body parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yep. So yeah, it it can.
0: That's good. I have one other question, because we are cut, cutting close, well too. Um, how, do, how do you, with, all, with everything going on as far as like the stuff that's on TV and, you know, puberty and peer pressure and things like that, how do you speak to a child in regards to purity? Um, and, you know, just, I mean, maybe I'm just not thinking realistic, but I would like my son to wait but mm-hmm. I don't yeah, think that's think gonna all- happen. So like, how do you speak on that point? Yeah. Like, I know we covered it a little bit in regards to like, about relationships, but like, mm-hmm. I don't want him to also like, once he has it, go crazy. Cause I've, I've heard a lot of kids do that too. So how do you pinpoint those situations, you know, for them to be obviously safe if they do have sex as well, but not also going into peer pressure?
1: Yeah. So I do talk about that a little bit in that script, and I acknowledge that, you know, some kids might be asexual or some kids might be feeling pressure to do something that they don't want to do, right? And so being able to help them practice um, having a voice, because I have female clients, I have male clients who, if they didn't get a chance to really exercise their voice and say what they wanted or what they didn't want, they gave in. To something mm-hmm. that we want to do. Okay.
2: Um,
1: and as far as like the purity piece and, and hoping that he waits, um, I think that's where a good conversation about values comes in mm, that's because, um, and I actually have a, I have a freebie on my website about that too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we're going to get to our website information in a moment. <laughs> so <laughs> that's real
1: good. Yeah so being able to like I can't say that I knew what my values were about sexuality when I became a parent I needed to do some work
2: mm-hmm.
1: and for me the value that I have is authenticity mm. and it means I'm gonna have to walk to talk too right yeah. so if i if I say that I want to be, real and authentic and tell my kids it means that I'm going to have to be real (laughs) and tell my kids. And, and I expect that back from them too, though. So, you know, so we, you know, like every parent, I think we had struggles where they would try to, you know, fib, tell me something that wasn't true.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And I pointed out really, I mean, through experience that when they, when they lied to me, I would be way more upset than if they told me the truth.
0: Right. Yeah. That makes sense.
1: And so my kids learned to tell me the truth because I was way less <laughs> upset by duplicity or by, you know, just not telling me the truth. So authenticity. I mean, so if that might be your value, it might not be. And uh-huh. so this, PDF that I have on my website has, I think, I don't know if it's two or three pages of just words of, of characteristics or values.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: And mm-hmm. you pick like either top 10 or top 15. It's been a while since I've looked at this thing. <laughs> and then you, you whittle it down. Like if you really could, if you really couldn't keep all of them, Mm-hmm which would be the, the core. Oh, right? And so you kind of whittle down and you get to your core five. And then there are questions to help you think through those five. Okay. But honestly, I mean, kids do listen. They can listen. And when we're being real and upfront and being able to talk about, you know, this could be our hangup because of X, Y, Z. There may be a story behind it that, you know, um, you know, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll think of a story. Uh, you know, maybe grandma has put a lot of pressure on you to not have sex yourself. Or like when you were growing up, didn't, mm-hmm. didn't want you to have sex. And maybe it was because they they had, they got pregnant before they got married Mm -hmm. and had to get a, right? So there's like, there might be,
0: yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And so there, there might be a reason for that. Okay. Why that value is so strong, but it's getting at why, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Who is it for?
2: Mm
0: -hmm. That's real good. So. I like that. So, So. where can we find your book? Can you give us your credentials and your website?
1: Yeah. Okay. So you can find me at the com. It's T H E M A T-H-E-M-A-M-A-S-U-T-R-A, M A S U T R A. Um The Mama Sutra.com. The book is available on my website, or you can get it from Amazon. You can read reviews on Amazon or or Goodreads. I think there are a handful of, of reviews on there as well. Um the website has a lot of content. There's a lot of free stuff that you can find. Mm-hmm. I mean, sadly, it's kind of buried. So you have to, I should do a better <laughs> job of making sure that's up front. <laughs> um, but as I mentioned, like the book itself has a URL inside that tells you, that gives you um, the list of questions. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: there's a free sample of that, and then there's like a longer list that's, that's paid. Mm-hmm. Um, but the longer list has like ninety some questions, and then some advanced scenarios where and you folks. can yeah, well, that's right. really think Good. through exactly. like a role play or not really a role play but like a, a scenario to think through um and what else like yeah the mama you can find some old videos that i've put on on youtube of, of sex questions mm-hmm. um i have a million plus views on my answers on quora where people ask me questions about sex and i sex love dating relationships and i'm right. answering on there so there's a few places
0: you can find me. Anything before we actually close out? Is there anything that you would like parents to know um, in regards to educating their kids? I probably want to bring her back for like a uh, sex ed for adults. Yeah, I think that. Yes, be good.
2: please.
0: Sorry. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because <laughs> so, of so, some so. The stuff we were talking about, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so is there anything that you would like, you know, parents to know in regards to educating their kids?
1: Yeah. There's a couple things that I talk about in the book um, that'll go into it a little deeper. But the the idea that when we talk to kids about sex, you can sort of use the same analogy of teaching your kids about the stove. So when they're really little, we just say don't touch hot. Right. Mm-hmm, OK. And then as they get a little older, we give them a little more information. So they might be tall enough to see the little indicator light that shows that the stove is hot you can say, don't touch Here, this is hot, right? Mm -hmm, And then, as they get a little older, you teach them that uh, how to use the stove the right way, so they don't get hurt, right? Mm -hmm. Sex is the same thing. It's you're not necessarily talking about positions or tantra or (laughs) BDSM.
0: Like the details of it. Yeah. Okay.
1: Exactly. When they're little, it's not appropriate. Mm-hmm. so you give them the stuff that's appropriate just like you would with a stove so body parts you know then you start to get into I mean they might ask about how where babies come from but they're not asking about
0: right they're <laughs> yeah. not because my son's first question was am I circumcised or am I not circumcised and I was like oh boy like I didn't and we were at applebee's when this happened and the waitress was, breaking <laughs> over. It was just like the wrong time and i was like i think it's time but i was just like and then i told him i just answered this question i was like i ain't doing nothing else and he was like okay that's
1: what i thought thank you very much to my hosts who invited me on thank you so much and yeah
0: um We appreciate uh, Dr. St. John coming out and educating us in regards to sex education. Uh, If anyone has any questions or any um, concerns that wasn't actually covered uh, in today's episode, uh, go ahead and send it um, to our email or you can actually drop it in the uh, comments and we'll get those over to her. Uh, Make sure you are educating yourself as well as educating the kids, um, you know, and just being open about talking about everything as a yeah, whole, not important. just the sex portion, <laughs> as we learned today. Uh, so be sure to go ahead and actually watch uh, part one of today's episode. And viewers, please remember to stay okay. uncommon. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs>